What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome in to yet another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. We are rolling here in the offseason. Uh, for all those who haven't yet listened, we, uh, we, me and Frankie, dropped a Mo Reese Harkless um, season in review breakdown uh, episode on Tuesday. So if you have not listened to that, after this episode, please make sure to go check that out. Uh, we will be doing those uh, for pretty much the entire roster. So uh, expect, like we said, two a week for the next coming weeks. Um, but we're not really here to talk about next season. We're here to talk about this upcoming season, um, specifically the draft. We're recording here on Thursday. Uh, and the NBA draft is officially two weeks from today. Uh, Frankie, first off, isn't that just crazy that it just rolls, man. Like once, you know, the, the, the NBA lottery kind of snuck up on us really quick after the season. And then uh, here we are two weeks out from the draft. We're going to perhaps have an NBA champion by then, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, Frank, how, how does it feel to know that, uh, that we're just two weeks away from all of this craziness and speculation finally being over? Chris. Hello, sir. Uh, I am. I think it's like a mixture of emotions. Like I'm, I'm very excited for the draft to be over. I'm a little afraid of what's going to unfold over the next two weeks. Um, I'm hopeful that the Kings are going to strike gold in this draft, it, whether it be uh, in drafting Jay Nivey or Keegan Murray, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, or maybe they go with a dark horse pick, which we've seen Monty McNair has done before, like last year with Davion Mitchell. Um, it's like the, the the mystery surrounding the pick. There's there's no really clear cut pick for any really selection in the draft so far. I don't think and no one's come out and reported that the Orlando Magic are 100% taking Jabari Smith with the number one pick. No one has reported that yet. And that's usually by this time in, in the summer, following the lottery in between the draft, we have that already. And there's usually a clear cut number one, uh, maybe even number one through three. And right now we don't really know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. that's like the fun part and also the scary part. But I'm ready for it to be over. I'm ready for us to to know who the Sacramento Kings are going to select. Um, I'm at the point now where, where the speculation is kind of getting. I mean, we have some things that are popping up recently, but it's getting stale overall as far as just talking. About who are they going to take? Who are they going to take? Let's just let's just get to it, man. But yeah. how are you feeling? Are you ready to get it over with too, or are you kind of just enjoying this this process of the? Do you like the rumors, or do you just want to get it over with and get to June 23rd? I like the rumors. I like, um, I'm a very, I love reality TV, love drama. I love hearing other people's drama. Oh my, oh my God. Um, Wait, what reality shows do you, what reality shows do you watch? Oh, I mean, mainly just MTV's The Challenge. Kardashians? No, my sister loved the Kardashians. I mean, like my sister loved reality TV more. So like, yeah, I would get a, a, a decent enough helping of the Kardashians. Real Housewives? Of, uh, no, that's a little bit too much. That's just like, I can't do that. That's just basketball. Basketball wise. No Yo, basketball shout out Jackie Christie, but no, nah, Jack not, yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not going to catch me watching basketball wives. Um, you know, I hear there's a fantastic producer, but um, no, unfortunately <laughs> not. I, there was a point in my life for sure. I mean, like flavor of love. Uh, oh, see now, now we have to talk about this flavor of love. Uh, I love New York. Uh, all those shows, and of course, for those who don't know, because I just found out, and like this is oh my god, I'm doing this. No, I'm, this is happening. 
Um, this has been like the greatest piece of knowledge that I've learned probably post academia. Uh, <laughs> like since I've left school, the, the best thing that I've learned is that Kevin John of ABC 10, um, shout out Kevin, shout out Matt. Also. Shout out Kevin. Great guy. Real um, nice guy. Very nice guy, Kevin. Uh, Kevin was on I Love New York. For all those who don't know, look it up. Bones. Um, he had a pretty famous scene where, like, they and they were doing like a challenge where I think it was like a business plan that they had to come up with, and it was like kind of looking like The Apprentice and like New York and her mom were there. Uh, for all those who don't know what I'm talking about, like this probably sounds like frankly, like I don't think you know what I'm talking about. This yourself. I never watched this show. You have no idea, but I know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just this dude who, for sure, let's just say he did not attend business classes or probably many classes at all, and he's like, he's just giving some terrible pitch, and he like storms out and is like crying and like having a mental breakdown, and of course, very on character. Uh, our man Kevin John, uh, known as Bones at the time, like, you know, it's like, hey man, like, Bones. You good, like you're all right, like really tries to make him feel good, and like it was a, it was like a big storyline for him. So uh, shout out Kevin, shout out shout Bones, out Bones. Uh, we'll shout out everyone have... who didn't know that, and you should have you definitely told them go that look you know that? that and just have your mind blown. Have you We're told him that you know that? No, I haven't seen him since I have found okay. out. I will well, probably I... have him sign something. It's gonna it's it's gonna be a very interesting Mike Brown press conference when we when we see him in a, in yeah. a couple weeks. It's gonna what be if Mike the first he's like, Bones? Bones? Is that Bones? <laughs> Y'all got celebrity in here? Mike Brown shows his, his yeah. I Love New York tattoo that he has yeah. on his on his on his arm. Real bonding moment. You might have a leg up. You might have a leg up on that on that Mike Brown relationship already. You never know. Yeah. You never know who likes awesome. who, who loves that show out there. Maybe maybe Luke Walton was like a I love New York person <laughs> too. Yeah, I love that show. Um, I there was much TV watching in the Walton household. No, I don't think Bill would have liked Bill. Bill uh, you see Bill cool. at the game last night? I did not know. He was at the Celtics game. He mm-hmm. he was he was in prime Bill Walton Bill Walton form. Really? Like, was he banging something? Just like hitting a drum or? Banging a seat or something. That feels like some very Bill seems like a very rowdy kind of guy when he uh, when he parties. Oh yeah, he. I would like to party with Bill Walton. Anyways, with sure. this, anyways, this is, this, is a, this is a Kings podcast, right? Um, yeah. Does this answer the question though to those either listening? We're I'm <laughs> I'm ready to get to the draft. Um, are you are you ready? I think you didn't really even finish what we were saying before. Yeah, get- <laughs> I can't remember where I got sidetracked, but uh, yeah. I I'm definitely ready for the oh I was saying I love drama, um, <laughs> what a what a sidetrack we did, uh yeah no I'm definitely ready for the draft um, I do enjoy the intrigue of will it happen won't it happen will they be there won't they be there, and uh, you know it's it's just it's super interesting how things change and it it does seem like um while you are correct in saying like I don't think there's a any clear this is going to be the first pick. And then if that happens, this happens, this happens. Um, but it does seem like it's pretty locked that the top three are probably going in the top three of Chet, Paolo and, and, uh, and Jabari Smith. It, I was kind of, I was secretly hoping, um, 
but it did seem like for a little bit that there was a possibility that one of those might fall out, specifically Chet or, or Paolo. But um, as, as we get closer, it does seem like those those three are pretty much going to be uh, locked in, which is very unfortunate for the Kings because um, I think any one of those three guys would have been a great fit for the team and uh, and would bring something that the team definitely desperately needs uh each one of them yeah yeah and and you know obviously we're we're two weeks out uh people have have players have started to come work out for certain teams um or meeting with certain teams we haven't really heard much about the kings having individual workouts or, or anything of a sort i mean it, that's it seems out of the norm but it also might be because they're keeping things on on the hush hush they're, they're I'm sure they're working out some prospects. We have heard about some, some people coming in and, and working out the team, some that have come out, some that haven't, but um, we, I think a week ago right now, the Jaden Ivy hype was. I mean, our real. episode was Ivy, uh, Ivy hive, Ivy hive. And, and it was real. I mean, every, every mock draft you could find had the Kings taking Jaden Ivy and not much has changed as far as that goes this week. Most mocks you'll look at out there will still have the Kings taking Jaden Ivey, but Chris and I been here. We've been talking. Things. We've been we've been digging. We've been um some, some birdies yeah. been chirping. Yeah, birds have been chirping. Um, you know, we're just we're trying to line our sources up, make sure everybody is is kind of hearing the same thing, and um, they it are. It does kind of seem like things are starting to trend that. Um, from from the conversations we've had um, separately, and you know, you, you've done digging, I've done digging, and it does seem like there's there's a a some steam that has been la- let out of the uh, Jaden Ivy Jaden Ivy uh, train to Sacramento. It does seem like um, there is there is some doubts. waves that are being made. Yes, some doubts. I, um, it's it's enough to make hard, me. <laughs> Full, full disclosure, we're like kind of not. I mean, we're we're not. There's nothing reportable. Um, there is no. So it's all you know, we're rumors. Not, in, yes, we're in, definitely not out here saying Jaden Ivey will not be the pick for the Sacramento Kings. But um, it just yeah. Um, pe- people that know more than talked, we do. Yeah. People that yeah. know more than we do think that that's not going to happen. And it's yeah. not just one or two or three. It's lots of people that we've yeah. talked to that know more than we do and are more attached to to this than we are. And they are not uh confident in the king's taking jaden ivy which is is it, it has me feeling mixed emotions because i kind of fell in love with the idea of bringing him in and when you watch his highlight tapes and you you, I, you squint your eyes you can see shades of john morant uh donovan mitchell i just feel like the kings i still feel i want him as my pick at fourth that's where i am right now but I I like that idea i like the idea of, of that's, a, that's a swing for the fences move to bring in a athletic guard like Jaden Ivey who could have star potential who could be that that again like not a sidekick to Aaron Fox like they could just kind of both be Batman hopefully in this situation instead of Batman and Robin little superhero line for you um so yeah I'm I'm not really sure how to feel again there's a lot of smoke screens right now so the just because we heard from people that the Kings are not high on drafting Jaden Ivey at this point in time that doesn't mean they're not going to draft Jaden Ivey because this is this happens all the time, and it's just the way that people feel. One week it can change, but um, it's funny how much seven days can make a difference because now I kind of 
am fully behind the idea that they're going to do something else. So definitely. Yeah. And that's, that's been the biggest adjustment for me in this past week has just been reshifting my mindset because it did seem like it was just pretty clear. And it, it, it does still seem to be a national consensus that Jaden Ivy is the fourth best prospect, um, which also doesn't mean that he's going to be the fourth best player. I think it just means that he has the most clear and obvious uh, superstar potential. Um, you know, I'm I'm not really at all sold on the uh, you know John Morant comparisons. Like you said, if you squint your eyes, it's kind of John Morant. Um, he is not John Morant. I, no, no, is, no, no. That is a sell no. job that that. Uh, Jaden Ivey and his people definitely want out there that, uh, you know, hey, this guy, look, he he's he's a guard. He's a combo guard um, and uh, he's incredibly athletic. And look, if you like you said, if you squint your eyes, it does kind of look really like hard. Um, Tom really hard at times. But let's not forget that. You know, even as a prospect, I mean, John Morant was absolutely insane that year at Murray State. I think he was at like 26 or 27 a game or something like that. Nine assists. Um, he was a real playmaker in college. And I think Jaden Ivey is is under five assists. Um, he's shooting. You know, his shot is pretty similar to Jaw. I think Jaw had a similar boost uh, from first to second year. Um, but even then, you know, Ivey's only at 35%. Um, and to me, I think... I do understand the concerns about the fit with Ivy just because um, it's not even really a matter of, is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? It's more of how is he off the ball when he doesn't have the ball in his hands? I think we saw last season, Tyrese Halliburton clearly required the ball in his hands too often um, for it to work with him and De'Aaron Fox. And, I think the plan moving forward is clearly to have the ball in De'Aaron Fox's hand and not take it out of his hand too much. Not saying that somebody else can't hold the ball and, and initiate offense. Just um, it doesn't. They don't want it to be at the detriment of De'Aaron's play. And for Ivy, that's going to be that would be the key to his success here in Sacramento if he were to come. Would would be how well is his off the ball play. And there were signs of it at, at Purdue. And I even watched a little bit of his, uh, I think it's U18 um, Team USA ball that he played uh, with Chet Holmgren, actually. And uh, I think he was the second leading scorer and he played a lot off the ball there. But um, I don't know. There's there's definitely legitimate fit concerns with him and Fox. And so I do understand um, them maybe preferring to take a look at, at you know, Shaden Sharp, Keegan Murray, um, I think those are the two that, that are most likely to go at four if it's not going to be Ivy. But um, also don't sleep on... I, I think there's a possibility of A.J. Griffin if, if they really like him as a prospect at four. Um, I think they've he, met, And they've met with A.J. Griffin. That's well. how, that's been reported that they have already met with, with really? A.J. Griffin. That's great. I did met. not see that. I think that's, um, that's a super interesting fit. That's something that... A.J. Griffin's the one to me that I, I'm going to do... Uh, the most amount of research on probably in the next two weeks. I've seen a lot of Keegan Murray. Um, I've seen a decent amount of Shaden Sharp for what's out there. Um, and, you know, both of them definitely I have my I have some pretty big concerns about, but also I understand uh, why the Kings would want to go in those two directions. But I think AJ Griffin might be a nice, happy medium of the three. Um, but I don't know. How how do you feel if it's not if well, it's not going to be Ivy? How are you feeling to kind of like. I guess 
wrap up my Ivy thoughts. Um, I feel like we're what we're seeing now possibly is a. I mean, maybe the maybe the Kings and I don't know. Maybe the Kings aren't high on him. Maybe they're a scouting team. Maybe they're coaching staff. Maybe they're not high on him. I don't know. But I I think that maybe we could be seeing a case of what Monty McNair said before though is he will draft the best player available. Well, number one, maybe he doesn't believe that Ivy's the best player available. Or number two, maybe this is finally a situation where there's too many cooks in the kitchen. And by cooks, I mean guards in the, the backcourt because you have De'Aaron Fox, you have Davion Mitchell, who they've said it, it's been reported they're very high on and will not trade him this offseason. We'll see if they stand by that. I, I think that they probably will not trade him. Um, Terrence Davis, they want to keep Dante DiVincenzo. Um, they have Justin Holiday on the roster already. That's five. So it's it wouldn't surprise me now that it doesn't surprise me that with the things we're hearing that they aren't high on him because there are more pressing needs to be addressed. And that does make sense to draft a Keegan Murray and AJ Griffin in that spot. I just have some reservations about the fact that, and I put this on Twitter, if the Kings aren't going to take Jaden Ivey, a player that is definitely on, on all top four of, of everyone's big boards. He's a top four talent in the draft. And I put on Twitter, the Kings should look to trade back to five or six. And people were saying, well, if Keegan Murray's the guy at four, then the Kings should just take the guy they want. And I'm, I didn't really want to put it out in a tweet and have to explain to every single person who said it, but you don't understand to those who say that. People want to trade up and draft Jaden Ivey. There are going to be teams that are going to be lining up to trade up to four for Jaden Ivey. Now, the only concern is, is the guy the Kings want going to be available at these spots down low? And that means basically it kind of backs into a, does Detroit want to move up to four? Does Indiana want to move up to four? Because if if so, maybe let's make a deal. Does Portland want to move up to four? These are situations that can happen. I think I've seen out there a, a hypothetical with Portland would be the Kings trade four to Portland seven, and the Kings bring back Josh Hart, who's been a, a long lead coveted, I think, a King pro. Everyone, everyone has wanted Josh Hart and the Kings as long as I can remember. I mean, do you like Josh Hart? I can't really remember if you're in that. I like Josh Hart, the player, for sure. I don't like the fit here. I think well, he's another two. He's, he's, he's kind he's of like a, a better Dante Givincenzo at the moment. He could play some three, I think. I mean, they probably use him. He rebounds. He's he one of the better rebounding. Three, but he's still small. He's, he's undersized for sure, but he can board. So, like, you're right, though. So, that, that's the thing, though. My point is, if the Kings are not going to take, take Jaden Ivey fourth, they should exhaust every option to move down a spot or two. I, it sounds like Keegan Murray... It's probably, I would imagine, the guy that they're looking at right now the most. That's what we, that's just all around social media this week. We've seen the Keegan. It's Keegan Murray week now. Everyone's moved to Keegan Murray. That's not what we've been hearing, but mm-hmm. um, I, I I know that the, I do know that the team likes Keegan Murray. I mean, how could they not after the season he had in college basketball? But um, you mentioned Josh Hart and undersized. I guess kind of pivot to my take on Keegan Murray, who again is, is the bell of the ball on King social media this week. Um, I like Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray, when before the lottery, when the Kings were projected to pick seventh or eighth, I think everyone would have been elated to pick Keegan Murray at seven or eight. I mean, wouldn't you Mm -hmm. agree that that was the hypothetical scenario at seven, eight. It's like, Oh, it's Keegan Murray. Everyone was tweeting about him in March madness. That's where we were at. I mean, is that where you were at about pre-draft lottery? Were you on, on Keegan Murray? I still am not the largest Keegan Murray guy. Um, 
especially not at four, but I do agree with you that, yeah, at seven or eight, that would have been an optimal kind of place where you could be like, wow, like that's a, that's a really good spot for him to go. And and I think he would probably, you know, bear out to be, he could, he could absolutely be a top five player from this draft. Um, but it's a lot better to get a top five player in the draft outside of the top five, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. For sure. And like, that's, that's if ideal, you're paying, certainly. you know, if you're paying the right price for Keegan Murray, then that's, you know, if you're, if you, <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I'm over explaining it now, but you know, if you take Keegan Murray at four, it's like, okay, there's a lot of pressure. There's a certain level of expectation for him to be a certain player if he goes at four. Whereas if he goes at seven and he still is yeah. okay or average, or, you know, he's a replacement level starter. That's that's okay for the seven pick. You know, it's not it's obviously not ideal, but um, there's just a lot more room for for failure, especially with the Kings who kind of can't afford to miss on this draft pick. Yeah. And like that's perfect. Expectations are. are I mean, we saw what happened to Marvin Bagley from the minute he stepped on the floor. I mean, Marvin Bagley, again, shouldn't have been a lottery pick. Granted, if Marvin's but- like the 10th pick in the draft, he's probably still here. Yeah, if, if Marvin's the tenth, twelfth pick in the draft, I think Kings fans are happy with that. And the Kings made Vladdy made a boneheaded move, and we're going to live with it forever. But the point is expectations. And if you draft Keegan Murray seventh, opposed to fourth, it's night and day because you you pick him with the fourth pick, he's going to be looked at as I won't say savior, but that's kind of what this this pick has a lot of weight to it. That's and, why this pick is so important, and I think that's another big reason why I'm so high on Ivy and just them saying, forget the, forget the fit because it's so hard to get into the top four into the top three. Um, You have, when you're in this situation, you can't afford to miss out. I mean, if you have the potential to take a star player, you have to find that star player and take them just because that's, you know, you, the Detroit Pistons were the worst team in the league this year, and they ended up with the fifth pick. There's just no guarantee anymore that you are going to perform poor. I mean, the, it's the story of the Kings in the lottery is, you know, the Kings have been in this lottery for 16 years now and it hasn't worked out for them. They need to, uh, they need to figure out when they're at the top of the draft, how to take a player that will keep them out of the, the lottery. Evaluation, evaluation of talent has been mostly bad. Um, yeah. Again, we're going through every draft each week, and I'm learning. I mean, I think today's gonna be a tough one too. Yeah, today's gonna be a tough one too. We're going through 2011 today, so the Kings have been have been very bad at evaluating college talent for almost two decades. It's kind of insane. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I do. I will say that I trust Monty McNair as far as I feel like he's been a decent evaluator of talent. I mean, he drafted Tyrese Halliburton, who fell to them. Granted. He drafted Davion Mitchell, who wasn't an all-rookie team um, selection, but he arguably should have been one. He got votes, and he if he would have played the whole season as a starter, I think he would have been all-rookie team. Um, I I have faith in his evaluation of talent. Um, Keegan Murray seems to be the popular. I think Mike, Mike Schmitz said that he thought Keegan Murray was a top-four talent, maybe the, the player with the most talent in this draft. Uh, he said that about a couple weeks ago when we, when we played that recording here. That's pretty high praise from a guy who knows more about the draft than arguably anybody. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you look at Keegan Murray's body of work, he was a sophomore last season. He will be 22 in August. He'll be the oldest player 
probably the oldest player in the first the first round of the draft or the whole draft entirely. Um, 23.5 points per game, 8.7 rebounds, 1.3 steals, 1.9 blocks. He's a very good defender at the college level. 55% from the field. He improved his three-point shooting as a sophomore. Almost 40%, 39.8%, up from 29%. So this is a guy that was dominant this year for Iowa. Dominant. Um, I think Kings fans fell in love with him during the tournament. He's athletic. He, When you watch his highlights, I'm sure you noticed how much he he's not afraid to shoot the basketball, which I... When you see someone that plays power forward, you you don't, and especially at the college level, you don't always feel confident when they let it fly as much as he does. But Keegan Murray last season, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a small sample size. He he took about what 166 three pointers over 35 games. So will that translate to the, to the NBA level? I mean, that's the question. The Kings really need a power forward. Only thing is, you mentioned size. My greatest concern with Keegan Murray is he might not be a power forward at the next level. He might have to learn how to play a new position because he's the same size or smaller than Harrison, Harrison Barnes. He's 6'8", 215. I believe Harrison Barnes is 6'8", 6'9", 225. So we're looking at a, a smaller version of Harrison Barnes power forward. So that's my biggest concern. I feel like he will be a good player at the NBA level. Is he fourth pick worthy? Who knows? Three years to go by. My knee-jerk reaction today is no. I don't think he's a fourth pick. But um, if the Kings take him, I can talk myself into it. But are you concerned at all about his size? Or do you have any concerns with his his game? Because I think you said before you weren't too high on Keegan Murray. So what are your concerns? Or what what do you like and what do you don't like about him? Yeah, I think uh, size is definitely something that needs to be brought up. Um, Harrison was drafted as a small forward, and as he's gotten stronger, as we've talked about continually throughout this season, um, he's he's you know Harrison Barnes is a thirty year old man, uh, or is he thirty yet? Is Harrison even thirty? He he just turned thirty. Beautiful. So even Harrison Barnes like been around forever. Harrison Barnes has been in this league a long time. He's finally grown into his, you know, he's now a more veteran player than most people who are in this league. And so now he's finally able to use his body and, and just be stronger than a lot of guys in the league. And we saw him take advantage of that this season uh, more than ever. Uh, You're completely right in saying Keegan Murray is 10 pounds lighter. Um, You said 10 pounds, correct? Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But Um, real quick, sneak in. Um, the one thing I don't want anyone to say is he's young and he'll grow out. He'll grow into his body. This He's going to be 22 yeah. in two months. So he's not some 18, 19 year old kid. This is a, this is not Chet Holmgren. <laughs> he's 22 years old. So yeah. this is probably, you know, he can gain some weight, get yeah. some muscle. He can but definitely he's not, put on muscle for sure. He's, but, not, a, uh, he's not a baby. Yeah. He's, Sorry, he's definitely further in his, in his body development than, uh, than most. And like, you know, you see AJ Griffin who, you know, on the opposite side is one of the youngest players in this draft. And I'm not sure what his weight is, but AJ Griffin is a freaking unit. He is six, six two twenty two. My goodness. Yes. He, he's yes. yeah. He is a, he's a big guy. So, yeah, I mean, when you see that, you know, maybe that's where I kind of, again, will lean towards an AJ Griffin over, over Keegan. But um, I think size is a legitimate concern. Uh, fours in this league aren't quite, you know, it's not the days of Chris Webber, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan. Um, those really aren't the fours that Keegan would be going against anymore. 
Um, he would be great for for switchability, and um, you know, he like you said, he averaged uh, two blocks a game, uh, north of two blocks a game last season in college. Got us over a steal and a half per game. Um, that's very very promising, and and usually that's not something that will just disappear when you go to the pros. But um, he's he's not necessarily a rim protector. He is a good um, on ball defense, you know, on ball in the exactly. post especially. Um, was able to handle college fours and college bigs. That probably won't be the same case in, in the pros. Um, but I think, you know, he, he for sure won't be a negative defensively coming into the league. And I think he's a really, Not really on this smart team. defender. Not on this uh, team. It's yeah, tough. that's true. There's way too many negative defenders uh, on the Kings to for him the to second best stick out, I think. Second best defender already. I think offensively, to me, is where I see the most concern for him. Um, not not even like he's going to be a bad player. I just think from everything I saw in college, he really he the only part of his game that I would say is pro level um, elite is his catch and shoot ability. He really, really thrived off catch and shoot threes, um, really didn't hit much off the dribble at all. Um, and when he did try and take step backs and stuff like that, his shot would often be short and he wouldn't get his legs under him. So that is pretty concerning for me in terms of his shot creation. I think um, as I've thought about what this team really needs and, and what kind of prospects they should uh, look towards, I think a big massive hole for this team is there is absolutely not a single person. Maybe De'Aaron Fox is the best at it currently. Maybe Davion Mitchell, which also speaks a lot. There is no isolation scoring on this team. Um, And in this league, isolation scoring is still very, very big. I know, um, you know, you see the Warriors and it's beautiful team basketball, moving the basketball. But at the end of the day, when the shot clock breaks down, the Kings have absolutely nobody who can just go get a bucket. And that to me is where I get very intrigued with the shade and sharp, someone like that. Um, Keegan Murray to me is a, is a, is a role player, but a very, very good role player. Um, And that's kind of what you're hoping for is that he can come in, run pick and pops, hit the, hit a catch and shoot three, but you're not really, if you draft Keegan Murray, you can't, I'm not going to expect him to be anything near a superstar or anything near, um, you know, the best player on a team. I just don't see his ball handling to me is another really big issue. Uh, He dribbles really high and just looks stiff when he dribbles. He doesn't really have uh, any sort of crossover moves or anything like that. Um, so again, just isolation scoring, ball handling to me, or and finishing at the rim. He really didn't have much body control at the rim. Um, a lot of post ups, a lot of just being being bigger uh, than college guys. And I don't. To me, I just I'm not I'm not the biggest Keegan Murray guy. But I do I'm not saying that I don't think he will be a bad player. I just think uh, he will be he will be limited as a player and will probably thrive if he is he is in a catch and shoot role but what yeah. is the view of that again i wouldn't want to take that with the number four pick yeah and that, that's where i'm at too i i think Keegan Murray's gonna be a, a fine nba player I, I don't think he's gonna be um i don't think he'll i i see him as a as an impactful rotation piece for sure mm-hmm. that's what i that's what i would evaluate him as a, a, an impactful rotation piece um i just don't know if he's number four pick worthy in a draft where the kings have gotten lucky and they get a chance here to top four talent. Um, 
we're going to see. I mean, Monty McNair, it, this isn't the 12th or 9th pick. They're right in the thick of this. And yeah. when he says the, I, I selected the best player that I, I believe was available, I, I really am interested to see who he thinks the best player is that is available at four because uh, we haven't really gotten to peel back that curtain so far. I mean, obviously, Tyrese Halliburton was by was definitely the best player available at twelve. At twelve, um, I don't I don't know if if Davion Mitchell was the best player available at nine. I think I checked before. I don't believe he really was. There probably are some people um, beneath him that were better, but I I know that Davion Mitchell has held his own as a ninth pick in the draft and, and was a good player in, in year one. So if he believes Keegan Murray is the, is the fourth best player in the draft, then yeah, there's never going to, there's not going to be a, a trade back scenario. They're going to take the guy they want outright and everybody else can, you know, kick rocks, but um, they, the Kings need so many things to upgrade mm-hmm. this roster. And this fourth pick, if they do talk to Detroit, if they do talk to Indiana and they could figure out a way to, to make this work for everybody. That'd be great to to bring back an asset or two, a, a rotation piece or um, a future pick because they need more than just this one pick. We know that, but uh, we'll have to see what they do with the fourth pick. But mm-hmm. if Keegan Murray's the guy, I'll talk myself into it. I'll talk myself into it. I'll get excited for summer league. He was a very good player in college. We we have to give him credit for that. But you know, college is college, and he's a little undersized to be a power forward in the NBA. And we're gonna have to see what he does with mm-hmm. uh with that the physique. So can I um, ask you something I've seen a lot recently and it just kind of doesn't make sense to me. I think um, the Kings trading four for five with the Pistons or even four with six with the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if they were to trade four and five with the Pistons, the talk, and this is completely, no one knows if this could actually happen, if Detroit would even be interested, but the Kings would um, receive five and Jeremy Grant as well. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, you assume that Detroit is taking uh, Ivy with the fourth pick. Isn't it a little redundant and you're to, to then draft Keegan Murray at five? Wouldn't, wouldn't that then create a log jam of, I mean, you're you're then not expecting him to start. Where I don't know where his minutes would come yeah. with Jeremy Grant. No, Harrison that's a good point. Keegan Murray. That's a good point. I mean, even if they draft AJ Griffin, you you bring in you kind of bring in that. I mean, Jeremy Grant's an expiring contract. He, I believe, he's on a similar deal um, that Harrison Barnes is is on. Jeremy Grant yeah. has one year for. Have it right here. Million. Is it twenty five? Uh, I know he gets twenty. So he's making more money than Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes making 18 million. So you, it, it doesn't make much sense unless you're swapping Harrison Barnes or you're sending out Rashawn Holmes and another contract to, to get it up to a, to a near $20 million value, which means you could trade. I don't know. You could trade Harrison Barnes. I mean, sorry, Harrison Barnes. You could trade Harrison Barnes for Jeremy Grant and the pick straight up. I don't know if the Kings should do that. I, I, I think Harrison seems like the Kings are giving up to move back. Yeah. That's, that's just two. That's literally two steps back. Literally. Yeah. So I I'm, I've had conversations with people before our new writer, um, Emil for So shout out to, to Emil. Emil. Good guy. But we, we get in a little, little arguments about who's better Harrison Barnes or Jeremy Grant. And I, I'm firmly on the side of Harrison Barnes is a better, maybe not a better basketball player, but a better fit for the Kings than Jeremy Grant, because Jeremy Grant is somebody who Barnes is a better shooter than Jeremy Grant. Yep. Grant's a better defender. Um, I believe Barnes is more durable than Jeremy Grant. 
Um, Jeremy Grant is also, I believe, the same age. You're younger. Yeah, Jeremy Grant played 47 games last year. Um, year before that, 54. So I don't know. I'm just I'm kind of out on Jeremy Grant. I don't know why there's still this kind of obsession with, with getting him. Are you out on him too? I think I am. I definitely am. He's I'm, not, a fix, he's not necessarily even the player. It's more just like you said. I mean, he's on an expiring contract, and if the Kings are going to give something up and then pay him, um, to me that just seems insane. I mean, Jeremy Grant's going to want probably something a little similar to what he's getting now, and if you're going to lock up him. You're going to have Sabonis. You're going to, ha- I mean, and then what do you sign? How long do you sign him to? Does, does Jeremy Grant need a four year contract that then links him with Fox? And then, you know, if things don't work out with Sabonis, Sabonis is on a two year deal. So now do you believe in a Fox Grant combo? Um, no. It just kind of doesn't, it doesn't fit too perfectly for me. Um, and Jeremy Grant to me is, is just a little, a little expensive for my taste. Um, and not, I and would, not as impactful. I would rather find someone else. And he's not, he's not the guy that's going to solve our problems. I mean, even yeah. if there was a way to bring in Jeremy Grant and have him in a lineup with De'Aaron Fox, Harrison exactly. Barnes, and, and Sabonis, sure. I mean, that's a pretty good team. But mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way that can happen um, unless Detroit wants Rashawn Holmes, which I don't think they will. I feel like they have enough centers already. Yeah. And a filler. Like uh, Justin Holiday, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. So, um, I'm firmly out on Jeremy Grant. I, I wrote about it yesterday. Uh, someone asked me in a, I did a mailbag, and they asked, "Do you think is it more likely for Harrison Barnes to get traded or extended?" I still think it's more likely for Harrison Barnes to get traded because he is their most attractive trade asset, and he's he. I would, I would like, I would like to see the Kings extend him. I know you don't want the Kings to do that, but. If, I would at the right price. I mean, if he's making like twelve million a year, I have no problem with that. But you know, I, put, when, I, I think I wrote um three forty three forty five extension. Maybe fifteen. Yeah, fifteen would be the most that I would want to give him. Sign me up for that. Three fifteen, yeah. maybe fifteen and a half. A little change there. Um, you you have to be sure if you're moving on from Harrison Barnes that the player you're bringing in is is as good or better. Which I know that's asking. There's Nat flying around me. Oh, he has these damn plants in here. Um. <laughs> If you're bringing in somebody that is going to be replacing Harrison Barnes, they have to be as good or better. And that's a lot to ask for and ambitious, sure. Yeah. But when you look at the Kings' horrendous track record of their small forward position, since you and I were children, uh, it's 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 a nightmare. You have Peja Stojakovic that went to Ron Artest slash Meta World Peace slash Panda Friend. <laughs> then that went to I believe John Salmons. And then from there, then on, like Rudy Gay came came and went, Justin Jackson, and now we're here with Harrison Barnes, who has been, in my opinion, the, the Kings' best small forward since Peja, which is kind of crazy to say, but, I mean, he's probably better than Rudy, plays both sides of the ball. So, yeah. look, man, you got to get it right. I've, I've long compared Harrison Barnes to me. I mean, I'm a I'm a Vikings fan as as I've stated several times. I love this. He, I love this comparison. To me is the Kirk Cousins of the NBA, where it's just like you can do so much better. You can definitely do so much worse. But what you're paying for is to not worry about it. You know, Harrison at the end of the day is is a perfectly fine small forward, and he he's a great placeholder and like he is a perfect trans, you know, he's the type of guy that you should have in there as you're looking for 
the real solution. And maybe it does work out with him. I think he is good enough. And that's the beauty of him. He does do enough and he is good enough to win with him for sure. Um, He is not holding the team back. But at the same time, he's definitely not elevating the team as much as we see other people at his position do. You know, there's clearly another level to this stuff. You know, he, he there's there's the Jalen Browns, the Jason Tatum's, the all, you know, X, Y and Z people. And then there's Harrison Barnes, who's definitely not in the. You know, he's not even replacement level, because to say that would be like, you you know, it's it would be easy any anybody could come in and kind of play the Harrison Barnes role. Harrison does do things that it takes a certain amount of skill, talent, mm-hmm. um, and strength to do for sure. But uh, he's just again not really someone that's going to change the calculus of your team unless no. he's he's you know he's a luxury piece almost. Where it's like I, I oh, just- like Harrison Barnes as a fourth or fifth option is probably a lot better than. You know who's the Warriors' fifth option right now, or the Celtics' fifth option? Probably right now. like. So what I'm trying to say is the Kings are better than the Warriors and Celtics. <laughs> no, I, I know yeah. you're, what you mean, and I, I agree. I mean Harrison Barnes is not. He never had. I mean, he he went to Dallas, got his big contract. And I think he was mm-hmm. supposed to be kind of the guy there, and we yes. we all know that that didn't work out. He's not the guy. He is a guy, and he's best suited when he's like you said, the fourth, fifth option. Whereas in Sacramento, he's kind of a second and third option right now, yep. and that's kind of an issue. And Harrison Barnes is, I think he's a very good basketball player and he yep. knows his role. He, I mean, averaging 16, five and shooting 48% and 40 from three he found a way. from the line. That's not easy to do at the in the NBA. It's just not. And when you couple that with the fact that he's such a good, a great person on and off the, the floor, the, the things he has in the community um, for the city of Sacramento and wherever he's played, it's, it's priceless really. I mean, as far as the, the value, because there's that saying, Everyone knows the saying, you don't know what you have until it's gone. I think it's yep. you don't know what you got until exactly. it's gone. Uh, if Harrison Barnes wasn't, if if he, again, God forbid, well, this, is, this is past tense. If he Harrison have Barnes decides to run injury, for Senate instead of play basketball. Yes, yes, which I think we've talked about before on this podcast. Yeah. He for sure is going to run for, for some form of, yeah. of public Puts office. basketball someday. career to the side and is like, you know what? Let's let's go for this. Might just be president. Just takes a if year he, off. If he was not available for the Kings last season and they had to roll out, we talked about Mo Harkless in our last podcast. Mo Harkless, a small forward or, mm-hmm. or somebody else, uh, the Kings would have lost even more games. He, he, I believe he finished with the most win shares on the team last season. Let me see. That he, don't make sense. He, he probably played the most games of everybody at the end of the day. Who, HB? Yeah. Of any significant role player. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he led the team in win shares last year. He was the most valuable player on the Kings last year. So, I mean, that's not saying much for a team that was trash, but <laughs> um, I, I'm all for bringing Harrison back. If, if they move him, I understand because he, it is, he is the most attractive trade asset. So I think we need to prepare ourselves for that. Um, any of those big swing for the fences moves are going to have to involve him because mm-hmm. of his contract. There's no way to get around it without it, unless there's a smaller deal with Rashawn Holmes and, Justin Holiday, who could combine and make twenty million, and a future first, which the Kings have all the future first round picks. It's uh, it's probably going to include HB, but um, well, no. Come draft night, we're going to get a lot of answers. We're going to know what positions. If the Kings draft a power forward, they get Keegan Murray. We're going to know they're going to address the guard situation in the off season. Mm-hmm. They draft a guard like Jaden Ivey. 
they're going to have to make a trade for a forward because Trey Lyles is still the, the team starting power forward. Who, by the way, his contract isn't even guaranteed yet. The Kings have, I believe, but a week after the draft, they have um, a couple of dates coming up. I have it right here on my phone. Just some general housekeeping before we wrap it up and get to the draft, yeah. 2011 draft. Um, obviously, dates of interest coming up. The draft is two weeks from today. Mark calendars. The Kings have until June 28th to exercise a 2.6 million team option on Trey Lyles. I think we both can agree that should be picked up. There's no reason why it shouldn't. That would be pretty horrendous. Tremezi Metu has a $1.9 million contract. That needs to be guaranteed by June 29th, one day later. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to do that. I mean, Tremezi's been with the team. Have you seen the team has been out having mm-hmm. um, group activities? I think they went wine tasting. Yes. Went to some vineyards. Yes, I did see that. They are in Napa, which I believe Sabonis has been training in Napa all summer. Or... Yeah. For the past couple of weeks, I should it say. Looked like uh, I think Rich was there too. I think someone said that Rashawn was there as well. Oh, which is I saw which Doug was there for sure. So Doug was there. It seems like um, team oriented stuff. I I note that about Rashawn because I think we've all said he's the most likely player to get traded this off season. Like I think people have already kind of written off the fact that he, or just, it's becoming clear he's going to be traded. Uh, Rashawn Holmes has a fifteen percent trade kicker in his contract, which. Ooh equates to about 3.5 million if he gets traded that's something that the kings are gonna have to take into account so mm-hmm. i don't know if that's gonna deter the kings from trading him i think he needs a fresh start somewhere else in a place where he can start he he probably will not be able to play backup center i feel like that was not a role that was he was comfortable in. yeah he, didn't, didn't, seem he right. didn't really thrive very very well in that but uh, that's it. That's all we got for general housekeeping. Anything else on this on the 2022 stuff, or do you want to turn back the clock to 2011? I think that's fine. I mean, we we still have a couple more weeks to uh to get takes off for for yeah. We we haven't we haven't fully discussed Shaden Sharp. I'll have to do a little digging on that, and, and maybe next week we can talk about Shaden Sharp. I think people out there are are high on him too, and I. I should do a better job of going and I've kind of turned my nose up at it and, and not really wanted to pay attention because I'm, it scares me. The fact that the guy didn't play college and the, the reports he refused to play for coach Cal and didn't want to play for Kentucky little red flaggish for me, but I've it's heard tough. he is it's really tough to evaluate him. I would heavily suggest scary. um if for anybody out there who's trying to get caught up on shade and sharp, because there isn't a lot of uh, footage out there. There it's it's all AAU and uh and some some high school basketball. He also has some film uh playing for Team Canada in the U eighteens, I believe. Um and that's like the most structured basketball scene you'll see him in. Uh it's tough. I would definitely recommend watching uh two pieces from the ringer who which I love, great website. Um they have uh, Kyle J. Mann, who used to do the dime drop videos, which are also fantastic. If you haven't seen those, go watch those. Uh, he made a prospect video. It's uh, kind of breaking down the whole Jaden Ivey experience and what you uh, what kind of player he is and all that. And also he did a uh, in a company, a company, eh, company Compa- podcast. Holy she's um, good. Save you. Don't, Charks, don't, don't you dare curse Charks. on this podcast, dude. I'm sorry. Sorry, Don't you dare curse on this podcast. Um, so yeah, th- those would be the two pieces of content I would suggest if you want to get caught up on Shade and Sharp because it is... I have not... I feel like um, the last time 
I remember feeling so confused about what to expect from someone was like watching Harry Giles stuff because obviously at Duke, he, he did not play pretty much at all. Um, and when he did, it was a lot of like post work and stuff like that. Um, so then to like go back to his high school tape and really rely on looking at his high school film to try and project the player. It's so difficult, like high school and especially, I mean, shade and a lot of his, like I said, is like EYBL, which is just not structured basketball at all. It's, it's AAU and it's just, there's no, it does not feel like competitive basketball and like it's, it's a competitive basketball scene. So it's how I felt watching LaMelo ball too, like watching LaMelo ball stuff. Yeah. Similar feeling. Stuff to get a gauge, especially talent level and what he does. I don't know. Well, Lamel Ball turned out okay, so I guess that's turned out all right. Turned out pretty decent. Um, yeah, but besides that, I'm I'm definitely real, ready for this real quick this draft. How come people don't talk about the fact? And maybe they do in in their fan circles, but how come people don't talk about the fact that the Warriors royally screwed up the 2020 draft by taking Wiseman? Frank, I'm ready you, to have this conversation anytime. Like, what? Why is it not discussed though? Like the Kings get. And LaMelo Ball is not Luka Doncic. I'm not saying that, but how come the Kings get and the Warriors won championships? I get it, but you st- you still should be held accountable yes. for screwing up a draft like, like that. I mean, Wiseman... The number egg, one pick. Egg on my face. Our number two if, pick, I'm sorry. Egg on my face if he comes out and he he is an all-star in a year or two. That's fine. But I'm looking at the 2020 draft right now, and the the, the Warriors... I know they they say like oh, yeah, we kept our picks and we waited at the process and we earned our way back. You pat you pass up on Lamelo Ball, you pass mm-hmm. up on Patrick Williams, who's who's honest. I like Patrick Williams. I do too. You pass up on Tyrese Halliburton, which I think I've read somewhere that the Warriors liked him. Um, mm-hmm. Not at two, but they were thinking about trying to, to either trade down or or select him. But obviously they didn't do that. Cole Anthony, Aaron Nees, Sadiq Bay. I mean, there's Tyrese Maxey went twentieth, so that's on a lot of people. Poku. But Poku. Yes. By the way, not to get off track again, I watched um, I watched uh, Hustle last night, and Tyrese Maxey got a lot of screen time in it. Um, really? Yeah. But anyways, we'll talk about that I'm later. Gonna watch that. Point is, I feel like they should get a little, they should get some flack. The Warriors deserve some flack for that. The James Wiseman thing. I'm tired of people coming at the Kings all the time, especially Warrior fans that are, I'm friends with. It's like, what are you talking about, man? You guys mess up the draft too, you know? Yep. yep. At least once. It's not easy. It's really not easy. Uh, And, you know, it's that and that should be a cautionary tale for the Kings as well for drafting, being concerned about fit. Uh, You know, the Warriors were concerned about fit, right? I mean, you understand the logic. Obviously, they have Clay Thompson. They have Steph Curry. They feel like their backcourt was pretty well secured um, and they felt like they were a center away from uh, from, you know, really unlocking something else that we haven't seen before. And so I think that really deterred them from taking LaMelo because they didn't want to disrupt uh, Steph and Clay backcourt. But now you see that they could have had a backcourt of Stephen Curry, LaMelo Ball, Clay Thompson, and Jordan Poole, which would have been absolutely nuclear. It would have been a whole thing of like, there's the old Splash Brothers and the young Splash Brothers. Like, uh, you know, Lamelo and Poole are the new future of of Splashitude. I will say I do like the Death Pool name for that lineup, though. That like, is a I, great name. 
I think they they were workshopping a lot of things to try and figure out what they were going to call the uh, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond pool lineup, and yeah, they settled on Death Pool. Death like Pool it. is is they should make shirts. They probably yes. did. Yes. Real quick, uh, James Wiseman. Can you guess how many games he's played in his career? Twenty. Forty. Close. A little less. 32. 39. Damn. Which is the least amount of games out of any first round pick that year. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Some players that have played close to the same amount. Jemias Ramsey has played 32 games in his NBA career. Oh, yeah. That's pretty close. And he went 43rd in that draft. Um, Vernon Carey Jr. played has played 26 games. I believe he's played almost the same amount of minutes. Yeah, it's just my goodness, man. People give, I don't know. Anyways, I don't need to sit here and complain and be a sore loser. The Kings have messed up more drafts than we can even count, yep. but uh, I believe they, they the Warriors deserve a little bit of... I'm kind of just dunking on the Warriors now while they're kicking the mother down right now. I'm down, I'm bro. Sure Let's do it. You love it. Let's do it. You know how hyped I was yesterday. Celts in six. Might be Celts in five at this rate. Um, they look good. Warriors are looking shaky, man. Warriors are looking shaky. The Draymond Green stuff is, is just... I was laughing at it in game two. Now it's just ridiculous. What are we doing? Why? How it's come ridiculous. he's being? It's like he's being encouraged to to act this way and do the, the, his antics. Like the referees are just okay with it. It's just he said he was on. soft yesterday. He said that was his biggest complaint about himself. His own play. Was Did you see the play soft. of him clotheslining? Jason Tatum on the box out on the free on throw. On the box out for the, the free yeah. throw rebound. He's like swimming. Borderline. And like him and he had like grabbing it. What are you? I don't know. It's just I'm so tired of the Draymond stuff now. I, I thought it was I thought it was funny. In game one, whatever. It's not funny anymore. Even the last night he or was it game two? He fell and I, he sticks his feet up to try to trip people. Yeah. It's so the subtle things that that aren't so subtle though. It's 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 out there in the open. I don't know. I feel very anti warriors today. How do you feel? How old do you think Draymond is? He's, I think I looked it up. I think he's thirty one. Thirty two. Yeah, thirty two. He's thirty two in like ninety seven days. Yeah, so he'll probably, he'll he, probably play he till he's forty. 30. He'll probably play till he's forty. At this rate, though, he looks so beaten down. He looks. Like, he definitely has some gray going. He played forty four games this regular season. Um hasn't played over 60 so he hasn't played 70 games since 2017 yeah, which about was four years yeah um and you know he ever since then he hasn't averaged 10 points a game since 2017 as well um he's just kind of settled into this like his shooting is triple single bad. kind of guy where he's yeah i mean literally his averages are seven seven and seven in his shooting 27, he shot over the last, I'm sorry, let me pull this up over He's the last. completely oh lost his three-point shot. Not that he was Since, ever really, he was, no. he was, the perception of his shooting was always, was always better than his actual shooting. Chris, we're talking six years. He has shot 29% from three. Yes. And he takes three attempts per game. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh, as we're talking about Draymond, here's a uh, Twitter just popped this up on my feed. Draymond threw three games in this NBA Finals. 15 points, 15 fouls. 
So that's how things are going for Draymond Green at the moment. Um, Celtics, every time Celtics. I watch Draymond Green, I'm completely reminded that that is exactly how I play basketball. Like, if you look at Draymond Green today, that is how I, that is my game. I am a two point, four rebound, four assist kind of guy. And uh, I'll, I'll play some defense and get some strips. But he, um, he has two more years on his contract. He has uh, 25 million next season, 27 player option in the year after that, 2023, 2024. Does he, is he a warrior after 2024? That's tough. That's a long time from now. And if I had to imagine just rubbing my crystal ball, I'm going to say Draymond leaves the Warriors and plays for his hometown Detroit Pistons. I I think like for one year, he'll be 35 at that point. So he'll yeah. be 34, 35. He'll be, I mean, he'll be close. Not many people play past 35, 36 in the NBA anymore. He's, he's 32. So um, anywho, should we do the draft? Let's do it because this is actually a fun one. This is probably this is the best draft that we have done so far. So you get the first pick. I do. I have the first pick, and the first pick is the easiest one. Um, in Wait, this do, one do, for me. Do, do. Okay, but twenty eleven NBA draft redraft, and do, Chris Watkins do, do. is on the clock. Uh, so with the first pick in this draft, twenty eleven redraft, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is the beginning of the Cleveland Cavaliers run of getting the first pick in the draft. Um, with this pick, they took Kyrie Irving, who, you know, looking back at it, that's that's a very very solid pick. Obviously, Kyrie won a championship with Cleveland, um, has floated in and out of being a top. 20 player in this league um, obviously had one of the most um, infamous I was going to call it iconic but um, I'll call it infamous seasons of all time probably in NBA history this past season Um, that will definitely take into effect I think where he gets taken in this redraft but um, anyways with the first pick the Cleveland Cavaliers are selecting Kawhi Leonard out of San Diego State University. Uh, Kawhi. Kawhi Kawhi was obviously the 15th pick by the Indiana Pacers, who swiftly, as swiftly as you possibly can, traded him for George Hill, which is one of the most insane things that has ever happened uh, in retrospect. Probably in NBA draft history, like one of the worst trades um, ever, because as we know here in Sacramento, George Hill is a perfectly fine point guard, but probably the definition of like an average level replacement level starting point guard. Um, And Kawhi Leonard is at this point, a two time, two time NBA champion, two time finals MVP. Oh, two or three. I think it's no, two. No, no, two. two. It's two. It's two. I'm thinking about... Two-time uh, NBA thinking about, champion. I'm thinking about LeBron. Like uh, how he won, I think three MVPs with three different teams. But he won two with two yes. different teams. Kawhi. Five-time All-Star. Seven-time All-Defense. Two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Five-time All-NBA. Uh, he was a member of the NBA 75th anniversary team as one of the 75 best players of all time. Um, obviously is kind of like the the definition of an elite two-way player at this point. Um, draws comps to Scottie Pippen and all this, and and it's all deserved. And 
Obviously, Kawhi has had an injury riddled past couple seasons, but um, when he does play, he is routinely a top five player in the league and uh, probably would be for me personally a top five pick if you were to just redraft the entire maybe not redraft the entire yeah. NBA because you have to take into account youth and all that but um, he's only 30 I would want Kawhi on my team as many times as possible he's only 30 years old so he he I mean we'll see how he comes back from his injury but he'll be 31 this month on June 29th but I, I for some reason thought he was 32 33 but he's hey man he's got some he might still have something in the tank there I like yeah. the pick. I mean, I agree with everything you said. Um, I'm looking. This is tough. Okay. Number two pick here, Minnesota. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Derek King's legend Derek Williams went second. Mm. And hey, man, Derek Williams was a problem in the I was NCAA low on tournament, the pick though. The jump. I was not a fan of Derek Williams' game at all. Even though he dominated that Duke game? No. I, 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 I'm low key like a Duke fan. I think you are as well, no? I, I quietly support Duke. Yeah, that's how I would state it. Quietly. As well. um, and Kyrie only played like there. 10 games that season. And so like I was yeah. praying that in the tournament we could actually watch Kyrie play. And I think that was the second round. Mm-hmm. It was either the second or I'm pretty sure it was the second round. I think it was the Elite Eight. Really? Oh, okay. He beat Duke. Like I'm pretty sure. Game, I'm pretty but, sure. Don't hold me to this uh, 11 years ago. Well, 11 point years is, ago. Derek Williams absolutely torched them. But so um, I always just thought he was in what ended up turning out. I just thought he had hops. And that was about well, it. I'm taking Derek Williams. I, I believe in his. <laughs> no, um, I'm going with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Who Jimmy Butler. I mean, went th- he went 30th, 30th in this draft, 30th. which is insane. 30th. The, fir- the first two picks in this draft, Kawhi Leonard went 15th. Jimmy went in the middle. 30th. Jimmy went at the end. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, Jimmy Butler. I mean, he's kind of I want to say he's been a late bloomer. Well, the first two years of his career, he was kind of an afterthought. I mean, he he, he played, he didn't play at all his first year. Second year, he came off the bench. That's kind of when I remember him the first time, my, my first year out of high school. Um, I just remember thinking there were some similarities to Michael Jordan. I think they're they're around the same size and uh, their numbers are similar. I just, I just thought that, that, that their play styles were, were kind of similar. I mean, he's not a great three-point shooter, and Michael Jordan wasn't the best three-point shooter. And I remember thinking, wow, maybe this is like their next big thing. And not to say I I thought Jimmy Butler was going to be good in 2013 before anyone else did. That's before it was cool, but I just always kind of liked him, and he he took off, man. He's he's been obviously Jimmy buckets for for about a decade now, and um, 33 years old in September. He's he's kind of getting near not the end of his career, but not slowing down. I mean, this year in Miami, 21 points per game, six boards, five assists. He's kind of turned into more of a, a distributor uh, since since about the 2016 17 season. Um, he's he's number two player in the draft. I mean, no matter how you slice it, I'm looking at uh good old Vorp value over replacement player. Um, that puts him second in this draft. Um, win shares it puts him uh, first in this draft, ninety three point six. So he's definitely up there, and it's honestly so crazy to look at this draft, and it, it makes me scared that we're doing this, looking at all these players that are stars. I looked at just a few minutes ago, looking at and seeing how. Tyrese Maxey went, I think, 21st. It's just, I would have killed to have Tyrese Maxey that year, but but I digress. Uh, number two pick, Jimmy Butler. Love that pick, yeah. I mean, Jimmy, like you said, I mean, he was he was like a uh, 
he was a bench player for those um, really amazing Chicago Bulls teams with Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah and uh, Luol Deng. And when, when they were making the Eastern Conference Finals, um, I mean, Jimmy was the 30th pick. The, the Bulls had the best record in the league that year and then uh, and then took Jimmy Butler um, to add to that. So J- Jimmy's career has been incredibly interesting and he has grinded for every single thing he has gotten and uh i mean yeah like you said this this year in the playoffs he proved um why he deserves to be uh one of the top players in the league and and i think this year really did cement why in this redraft jimmy deserves to go number two over my number three pick which at this point is you know what i'm switching this up i have this written down one way I'm going to go a different way here. Uh Number three pick, the uh, Utah Jazz initially took Ennis Freedom, also formerly known as Ennis Cantor, which looking back is absolutely insane. I mean, Ennis uh, didn't play a single game in college, much like Shaden Sharp, also a Kentucky guy, uh, Ennis Cantor was supposed to be. And uh, so Cantor was kind of just this unknown entity that, People were like, he's a seven footer who can score. He can rebound. He's got all these skills. And we've seen that throughout his career for sure. But, um, you know, I don't think Ennis is going to be making. Yeah, he probably won't make this draft, this redraft Um, with the third pick. I am going to go with Clay Thompson. Oh, wow. That is a. Yeah, is, this hey, is a slight like slap in the face, but also you're I you're completely slapping somebody in the face. Yeah. Well, this is this is the second story draft because I'm still hearing debate and roar over my Gordon Hayward over to Marcus Cousins pick from last week, which I would love to know the uh, populations, the populace's opinion on that, because we, I, we you and I have talked a lot about it. We've talked about it tons in office. Um, and I think Jason Ross you is also the only person that fought, I've heard that is. You also with fought me. with Emil. You and Emil have gotten. I did. I yeah. did. Me and Emil did did have a little word joust. Uh, also, Jay Johnson. Shout out Jay Johnson. Uh, I told him about it, and he was like, "Thinks I'm smoking reefer for um, <laughs> for taking Gordon Hayward over to Marcus." And I will I am, don't like it. Yeah. Before I, like I get it. into Clay, I will say I have thought about it, and I kind of have convinced myself that I was wrong only because at what point would it have been acceptable for the Kings to, or anybody to trade DeMarcus straight up for Gordon Hayward? Like if you were the one giving away DeMarcus cousins for Gordon Hayward, you were not winning the trade. The team that traded Gordon Hayward for DeMarcus would for sure be like, at wow. that point in time, at that point in time, yeah, uh, yeah. oh yeah, in 2017, yeah. yeah, throughout any of the, yeah, th- so so that is where I will acknowledge my my argument is probably wrong for that fact. However, it's on you, okay, much well, like much like how I'm going to feel about this one, I still feel like it's the right choice. Um, character matters, man, and Kyrie Irving has not shown the ability to want to play basketball really at all. I don't, you're going to have the Kyrie Irving talk. So I'm going to stick that. I'm going to leave that to you. Kyrie Um, Irving is, is falling in this draft because of Kyrie Irving is falling in this draft, but sometimes you see talent fall and uh, you know, Kyrie also, you know, statistically he had the, the best season of his career this year for sure, but he also only played 29 games. Kyrie has never played over 72 games. He's never played a full NBA season. 
Um, and Clay Thompson is the greatest shooter of all time. And I think, or I'm sorry, is one of the best shooters of all time. If not two, then maybe three or four. Yeah. He's, he's um, probably top three, top two. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, he, he's an absolute plug and play kind of guy. We saw him drop. I don't know. I can't plug remember how many points it was. He dropped like 40 points on three dribbles mm-hmm. or whatever the hell it was. Who could forget the 37 point fourth quarter? Who can third, forget third the, quarter. the 30 points in a quarter? 30 point, yeah. Um, you know, just and this is all playing next to the greatest shooter of all time, being the second option on his team, the third option when Kevin Durant's there. Uh, and Clay's play really never went down. Clay also was the team's best defender, which I think is something that, you know, wasn't really talked about until the NBA finals when Clay would be guarding Kyrie Irving and usually doing a pretty good job of keeping him in front of him. Um, I just, and you know, Clay is the ultimate guy. Like no one has ever in the history of ever not liked Clay Thompson. I hate the Warriors. And I am more than willing to accept Clay Thompson um, just as a fan. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm going to take Clay Thompson here and I'm not going to think twice about it. No, I respect that. I respect that. And you're right. I mean, the fourth pick in this draft is going to be Kyrie Irving, who, yes. first of all, hold on a second. <laughs> Do you see what the fourth pick in this draft was originally? Uh, the fourth pick in this draft was Tristan Thompson out of Jesus. Texas. Come on. What? I mean, this yeah. is the fourth pick might be cursed, Chris. The fourth pick might well, be cursed. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's not, but um, I mean, yeah, you know, Tristan, Tristan had a decent college career for sure. And uh, was, I don't really understand what, what they were hoping Tristan would turn into. Um, but you know, Tristan, Tristan is better than a Jan Vesely or a Bismack Biombo um, or anyone like that. You know, uh, there's there were some other options at the top of the draft that they could have gone with. That would have been worse. Jesus. OK, fourth pick was Tristan Thompson. The fourth <laughs> pick in this draft was the guy you were kind of slapping the face. Uh, T.T. T.T. Uh, Kyrie Irving is the fourth pick in this draft. He is going to. It's, he's still going to Cleveland in this redraft. The fourth pick's going to Cleveland. So, um, yeah, this is for you. We've got to talk I mean, about it. Great draft for Cleveland to get Kawhi and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Can you imagine? Sheesh. So, look, Kyrie, seven-time All-Star champion. He had the great shot over Steph Curry. Definitely it's going to be in the NBA highlight reels forever. We know what comes with it. Um, great player. Very good player. Probably a top five point guard in the league. Uh, just maybe more, maybe top three if he's actually playing. But what comes with it is just, you know, it's just too much. It's just too much. It's just all of it is just, I think, too much. Like, I'm all for people speaking their minds and, 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 you know, I'm all, I'm all of the minds athletes should be able to share their, their, thoughts and views on things and be passionate say the earth is flat that's just yeah that's what i'm saying what's the things that are completely asinine or that put other people in harm's way or or stuff like that it's just you know Kyrie just kind of brings chaos with him wherever he goes and we saw him the end his ending in cleveland was was not great boston was a train wreck uh and now brooklyn maybe is the worst of all Mm -hmm. and especially you see who's come and gone at this time the james harden thing um it's just it's a very i want no part of it um if I'm like you, like if, 
Who'd you pick third for? Utah. Obviously, Utah, Utah. wanted no part of it. Utah. So. Oh my goodness gracious. Well, actually, he, <laughs> he might be fine on Utah. Who knows? Who knows? Um. <laughs> anywho, gotta be careful. Bonneville Station. Yeah. Um. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> fourth, yeah. Ooh, fourth pick. Boy. Fourth pick. Um. Yeah. I don't. Even, I don't. I don't know. I don't no, like dunk, keep dunking on Kyrie, but I don't want him. Don't want him on a. Don't want him on my team if I'm. If I'm picking with my Kyrie team. Irving is the fourth pick in the draft period. How about that? Yeah, we can leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, fifth, we he will might go fall, with. He, he, he might have fallen further, honestly. If I can, be, you know, if I wasn't going based off of talent, I might have yes. passed him up to be petty like you, but I didn't. <laughs> Big props to me. Uh, with the fifth pick initially, Toronto Raptors selected Jonas Valanciunas, who was a very solid piece for them uh, for a couple years, and uh, they eventually shipped off. I can't remember what they traded him for, but um, you know, very solid player, and nothing wrong with Jonas. I actually am probably a bigger fan of Jonas than most people are, but um, like yeah, he's just so solid. Like he, to me, is like what we could have hoped Marvin Bagley turns into, just like a walking thirteen and thirteen. Dude, he went off last year. 18 points, 18 points per game, 11.4 rebounds, 54% from the field, and 36% from three. He went How off last year. How about his assist numbers last year? What were his assist numbers? I, I had him Two, on my fantasy team. So 2.6. Which is 2. good. <laughs> that's good for... That's really good for a center. Yeah. Yeah. That's great for a center. Um, So I'm going to keep... I'm going to keep Toronto keeping a big man. It's just not going to be Jonas. It's going to be... Honestly, like a rich man's Jonas Valanciunas. And I'm going to go Nikola Vucevic, Perfect. who wasted so many years in Orlando. Um, you know, there were, I remember there was years of... Uh, remember Vucevic? Was it Vucevic for Cousins? Or was Vucevic and Cousins going to be on the same... The Kings were talking a long um, time about getting Nikola Vucevic. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Um, yeah. yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> Would have been interesting for sure. I mean, Vucevic is a guy who can stretch the floor. He uh, is obviously great in the paint. He's been very consistent his entire career. Um, you see him now in Chicago, finally on a winning team. Still was able to put up 17 and 11 this year, which is great. 3.2 assists. Uh, got a block and a steal a game. Uh, Vucevic is also a two time All Star, which is, you know, that's great for him uh, because he. Uh, like I said, was on Orlando for the first nine seasons of his career. Um, and has really just been he? the same guy his whole time. How old was Vooch? Uh, Vooch? Is he 30? He was drafted by Philadelphia, which I did not He's know. 31. He's 31. He's 31, yeah. All, all these guys it, are going to be around the same age. Yeah, he played for Philly for mm-hmm. for a cup of coffee for 51 games. I can games confidently say traded. I don't remember him ever being on the Sixers. I don't remember it at all. Like not, Let me see. He, Drafted by the Sixers, was, 16th pick, four-team trade, Maurice Harkless, and a first-round pick, Landry Shamit later to Orlando for Aaron Aflalo, Al Herring. This is like the biggest trade ever. Someone go to basketball yeah. or just look up that Jason Richardson went to Philly in that freaking deal. Freaking massive. That was Andrew Bynum's involved Denver. in this deal. Iguodala's in this deal. Dwight Howard's in this deal. Dario, like this is like the biggest trade I've ever seen in my life. There's like 20 names in here. Yeah, wow. That was my graduate high school, so that's obviously not in my. That's brain. insane. Uh, well, my pick is Nikola Vucevic. I really don't have much to say about him except for no, he is he is a very solid player. We're getting to that point where they're not, you know, we're getting to solid the solid player point of the yeah. draft. Um, yeah. the sixth pick 
in the mm, immediate draft. This is going to be big because this is going to determine what, what happens at seven with Sacramento. Oh, my God. The sixth pick was Jan, Jan Vesely, who played for the Washington Wizards, was not great and was out of the league in a couple of years. Sixth pick for Washington. He like kissed his girlfriend when he got drafted and she was very attractive and that became Oh, that's right. Big thing if I, I wonder recall if they're correctly. They're still together. Ain't they're still together? Doubtful. Tough for Vesely. Tough. That's tough look for for Jan. Best wishes to you. Uh, wow. By I'd the NBA it. official NBA YouTube account posted the video. Jan Vesely gets a warm welcome to the NBA. <laughs> Uh, uh, and it's him kissing his girlfriend on draft night. That's what's up, NBA. Very interesting. <laughs> I love it. Interesting. Um, <laughs> six pick in the NBA draft. Uh, twenty eleven NBA draft. I'm going with. Uh, I'm going with the guy Toby Tobias. Mm. Tobias Harris, who interesting, originally went nineteenth. I mean, a lot mm. of there's a lot of low risers in this draft. I mean. This redraft so far, we got Kawhi at 15th. Jimmy Butler was 30th. Um, one player we have not named yet, and we'll see if you name him coming up. I, I'm I'm kind of honestly spaced on him, but I think Tobias Harris is better than that person. Um, Tobias Harris has been a good player for, I don't know, I'd say since 2015. He kind of came into his own with the the Magic. Originally was playing for the Bucks as a rookie, which I don't remember that at all. Do you? Definitely don't remember that. Nope. That goes no. into the Vucevic category of... Like no what? Way. Like yeah. if I saw a picture of 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 him in a Bucks jersey, I'd say, "What the hell?" Um, obviously, he was was very very good with um, very good with the Clippers in a short stint. He kind of came into like I think that was when we got to the is Tobias Harris an All Star discussion. Mm-hmm. That was in twenty eighteen nineteen. Wasn't there too long that season with the Clippers? Yeah, yeah, it, he was insane that season. Insane. That was the average career high twenty point nine points per game. Gets moved to Philly. In a deal, what did that bring back to Philly? Do you remember? That was a oh, I got it. Trade by the Los Angeles Clippers with Boban, Mike Scott to Philly for Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscat, Landry Shamit in a first round pick, which turned out to be Sadiq Bay. I I don't know if I like that trade. No, definitely not. That's uh, <laughs> that is a very one sided trade. Um, I yeah, I mean, I I definitely remember uh. Yeah, that's not great. Well, Tobias Harris was someone that people were saying the Kings were looking to acquire in that um, that rumored. Who are we? Who are we, uh, we going to trade to Philly again? We we're going to make a big trade with Philly. Oh, it was going to be Fox. It was going to be Darren Fox yes. in Philly. That was like the the rumor. But then we heard that Monty McNair had no interest in acquiring Tobias Harris. Is like mm-hmm. it's a big contract. I think he's making over thirty five million. So, like you, not much else to say. Good player. I would love having him on the Kings if it wasn't that much money, but he's not going to No, He's making that much money. So tough. I'm just looking here. Tobias Harris was part, was traded on draft night um, as a part of this. Since we're moving to the Kings, number seven pick uh, Tobias Harris was part of the trade that got the Kings, the number 10 pick along with John Salmons. <sighs> so we do partially have Tobias Harris to blame for this yeah well hey sacramento kings on the clock chris yes and pick. We, are, are you keeping the pick or are you trading it 
I am going to keep this pick for sure because I am so good off of 2011 John Salmons. I don't Jimmer? need to see him play. Uh, Jimmer was actually the moment where I, how we were talking about Keegan Murray earlier in this episode, how um, it would take, you know, they would take him. I'd be upset, but I would probably talk myself into it. That was Jimmer was my first experience with that, where I hated Jimmer in college. I was like, this guy can't dribble. Uh, he shoots from very far. That's fun for sure. But I just didn't see it. Didn't see how he was going to get a shot off. And then the Kings took him. And I really had to think about it for a second. And I was like, you know, if this goes bad, like I think it will, it will not be fun. But if it doesn't, and if this go, if Jimmer becomes the next sensation and we're all living in Jimmer mania and Jimmer actually revolutionizes the NBA, not like that guy down in Golden State, that scrub, um, then this would probably be pretty fun to be a part of. And so I fell for it. And God darn it, it was, uh, I should have stuck to my guns because probably wouldn't be recording this podcast today if I would have nope. just hated the Kings like I knew I should have. Um, but we're going to write that wrong. That's what we're here. That is literally why we are here doing this today is to write these wrongs. Um, How are you going to write it? In this draft, <sighs> with the number seven pick, I'm upset to see Toby go. Toby was really who I was banking on for the Kings to take here. But uh, I will happily, happily, happily take a better point guard than Jimmer for debt, and I will go with Kemba Walker. Yep. Uh, Kemba was a scoring machine, both in college, which I can talk all day about Kemba Walker at UConn that season. Filthy. Um, I'm pretty sure the Kemba Walker step back uh, in the Big Ten tournament probably mm-hmm. has, if I had to guess, like five and a half million views. That's just a really random guess. But um, I'm saying that more to say I'm pretty sure I have 1.5 million of those views because I literally watch that video every single day um, in high school, probably for like two months straight. It was disgusting. Over it Pitt, was right. Yes. against Pitt. Pitt. I still to this day don't think I've seen a nastier move in college. And like I think a, I can the, confidently say that the setback master. I mean, he's, um, he's a second boy. only to, and I'm sure we'll get to him. Isaiah Thomas's game winner in the PAC 12 tournament uh, with Gus Johnson. He's going to do yeah. it himself. Thomas crossover step back. Cold. 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 Uh, yeah. I mean, I like, or, I like the pick. Yeah. I was thinking about picking him at six, but I think I'd rather have to buy. I mean, Kimba Walker's career's taken a turn recently. It, it kind of happened very quickly. Yeah. Basketball is like, I mean, the NBA is like, he's a people, small guy. I think that had a big thing to do with it too. People fall off so suddenly in the NBA. It's kind of crazy yeah. how he goes from being even in Boston, two seasons in Boston, but mm-hmm. uh, 2020, 2021, 43 games played about half the season, yeah. 19 points per game, five assists, four rebounds, 42% from the field. Not great, but 36%. I mean, he wasn't a great shooter, He's not that great of a shooter. No. I mean, very inefficient. 41% for his career from the field, Mm -hmm. 36 from three, which is respectable. Uh, 84 from the free throw line, which is incredible. So, yeah, he he wasn't a high percentage guy. It wasn't really a, yeah, it wasn't really a distributor. Five assists for his career. That's, that's how do you think he would have fit next to DeMarcus? I think they would have been, I think it would have been a lot better than, (laughs) I think, (laughs) I think they, I think they would have won more games. I don't know if it would have been, I don't know if they would have been completely successful, but I think that, um, 
he's not a pass first guard, so it'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, he's a scorer, and Demarcus is a scorer, but Demarcus Demarcus also was kind of a distributor too, a little bit. So I would have liked to see that rather than get John Salmons and. Jimmer for that. But. Yeah. I mean, the Kings ended up getting IT with the 60th pick in this yes. draft. So it kind of ended up being Kemba Walker. I mean, there's really no discernible difference between Kemba Walker and Isaiah Thomas. Um, with the exception of Isaiah's one incredible season in Boston, they're pretty much the same exact player, stylistically at least. Oh, yeah. Which I'm looking at the eighth pick now. Detroit Pistons took Brandon Knight. Yikes. Tough. Tough. Uh, go watch his highlight tape. <laughs> Tough. Brandon, I think he's Brandon he, Knight's highlight tape is other people's highlight. He's back. Tape. He was in the NBA this year, though. He after yeah, he was. two years, he played for the Mavericks. Good for you, Brandon Knight. Isn't it sad that I guarantee the two most watched Brandon Knight highlights are him getting dunked on by DeAndre Jordan, which I think is still the nastiest like facial dunk I have seen. Uh, and number two is Kyrie Irving literally putting him on the floor in the uh, NBA uh, the Rising, Rising Stars, Stars game. Yeah. yeah, those are those are his. Mo- and did you say blowing the layup? I completely forgot about blowing the layup. A wide open layup at Barclays Center. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, yikes! Sorry, Brandon. Brandon. Rough career. I'm going to take. I'm going to take it. I think that this is a right around the right spot for him. It in a redraft after going 60th is a top 10 pick, top eight pick to Detroit. Kind of can't really find his footing now. I mean, he was a great guard for a couple of years. MVP candidate back in 2015, 16, 16, 17 MVP candidate average almost 30 points per game. Uh, The Kings definitely messed up by moving him for nothing. Mm hmm. And I guess you could say that it was a good draft for them. Well, it was a decent draft for them because they they picked him up and didn't completely flail with Jimmer Fredette. And he scored 38 points in a game for the Kings. Isaiah Thomas scored 38 points in a game for the Kings. They lost. It was against Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City. Uh, in that same game. Yeah, Kevin Durant went off for three. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about Isaiah. Just, I... I I wish we'd have been here longer. Yeah. I definitely feel that cuz like yeah, I mean yeah, the, obviously the Alex Orakai did not work out for us. Hey man, he probably still playing somewhere. Probably Maybe not. Probably not. I wouldn't guarantee it. Um that gives me the ninth pick here, Charlotte, uh who initially Charlotte. went Kemba Walker uh at number 9 and instead of Kemba I have an interesting couple of guys here to pick from. I'm Last just going to go with picks, my guy. I'm going to go with Jonas Valanciunas. I think yeah. uh, Jonas, like we kind of talked, I talked about him earlier. He's just really solid. Um, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get from him. He's not really too ideal for the modern NBA. Um, he's probably going to get taken off the court against, uh, you know, a modern team in in crunch time. He's definitely not going to get a lot of big time minutes against the Warriors because they will switch him to death. um, And he definitely could not guard the perimeter, but, and you know, he's not a great rim protector or anything, but just a very, very good offensive center. And uh, that's really, that's really all I have to say about Jonas Valanciunas, just a great offensive center and great rebounder, but I agree. uh, Definitely not a calculus changer. 
no i agree i am um, i like valanciunas I, I i didn't like him for some of the dirty things he he did in the <laughs> past but um sorry mezzi sorry mezzi um, he took that out last summer league when he punched that Mavericks player in the face. And you know what? Uh, Valanciunas was also the one that Cousins pump faked in the uh, in the Olympics where he like was about to punch him. But Cousins, that was hilarious. Gave him the little uh, square up. Yeah, and yeah. Valanciunas gave one of the like, he cowered, his head with yeah. the, <laughs> he just literally like cowered in fear. Don't hit. Last pick of a draft for us. Yeah. This is going to be this is a tough one because I'm still digging down a little here. bit. I've had my eyes on him uh, down here. I'm okay. going with I'm going with Boyan Bogdanovic. That's the right pick. Thank you. Beautiful. You have your eyes on that too. Yep, that's the right pick. You're watching for sure. out for him. That's that's because like when you look at it, and I go I go look I look at all like the the metrics, win shares, win shares for 48, um, box plus minus VORP. Like I've been looking, I've been going through all of them, and like I'm looking at Chandler Parsons right now is is the recommended 10th pick. No way. <laughs> Reggie Jackson's been very good for the for the Clippers the last couple of years. I think he's kind of been he's like refound himself after mm-hmm. having a couple down years. But I would love Boyan Bogdanovich on the team right now. And people, mm-hmm. I, I put that out on on Twitter the other day, and someone was saying, "Well, they can't even guard a housefly." First of all, houseflies are very hard to defend. <laughs> I chase them all the time. So with my little. My electric, you have one of those zappers? I have an electric zapper, and, and uh, it's, it's really not that easy. So, I don't know. Kawhi probably would struggle to get them, too, for what it's worth. Um, Engulf him. He just grab him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I I think there's an argument that Boyan McDonough would go top 10 of his draft. I mean, mm-hmm. Kenneth Fareed, no thanks. Marcus Morris uh, and Markeith Morris, I don't know if they go top 10 in a redraft. Uh, it gets Shumpert. Oh boy, freedom. Yeah, I don't think I just don't know. I, I think that Boyan McDonough is a top ten talent in this draft today. I mean, you look at I'm looking right now at his past four seasons here in uh, his last season in Indiana, where he really showed out, and I remember him having an incredible playoff stretch. That playoffs. Let me see if they they have his playoff numbers here. Um, let's see here, playoff series. Average eight. So, I mean, his past four seasons in the playoffs, he's put up 18 points a game, which is also yeah. what he's done in the regular season. So you kind of know what you're getting out of him. And what you're getting out of him is a fantastic shooter and a guy who can get you buckets. I mean, he's he's really um, we really don't think about uh, Boyan as like almost a 20 point a game scorer. But the past four years, he's been uh, 18 points in 2018, 20 points a game in 2019. 17 points in 2020 and this past season averaged 18 points a game um, all while shooting at or uh, just below 40% from three. He's, he's only getting better really. And uh, you know, he's, he's turning 33 this next season. Um, I think he's, he's an incredibly underrated player and maybe honestly could have gone higher in this draft. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you mentioned some of the honorable mentions just to kind of Shump. get them out there. Shump, uh, Kenneth Reed, if he would have continued what he did for like two or three seasons there. Kojo. Kojo <laughs> definitely would not have been in any of my redrafts. No. Uh, Chandler Parsons, who is probably the person who has made uh, top five money yeah. in this draft. Paid. Um, He's made. Nikola uh, Miritich had a cup of coffee. $27 million. $127 million, for which Chandler is Parsons. absolutely insane for someone who has played as little as Chandler Parsons. Norris Cole? Uh, 
Bertans is in this draft. Uh, Norris Cole, like you said. Um, How about Monty Yunus? I was uh, big on Monty Yunus. Monty Yunus was too. very good for a couple seasons there. Marshawn Brooks, I was really high on at one King, point. Hey, King Summer League champion, Marshawn Brooks. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was a who big part of that team. Uh, Nolan Smith out of Duke, who I love. He's now an assistant coach for John mm-hmm. Shire. That's um, right. That's about it. But this was an incredibly deep draft. I mean, realistically goes about like 15. I mean, there's like the tw- the 20th win share, the tw- uh, 20th place in win shares for this draft is Alec Burks, which who's been good everywhere except Sacramento. Exactly. So that should tell you about how deep this this draft was realistically about. 23, 22 or so NBA level players. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that is a whole, if you can get that, that is pretty much the entire first round of, of real legitimate NBA talent. And, uh, that just doesn't happen. Uh, and you know, we're kind of seeing it this year. It, it's, it's tough to, to have that kind of deep of a, a draft and hopefully, you know, hopefully the four pick isn't cursed. Like you said, Hey man, fingers crossed. Yep, we fingers are officially crossed. an hour and a half into this podcast. Um, yes, shout out everyone who's still listening. Uh, next week we will be. Uh, who do we say we're doing for player breakdown? Was it? I think we're going to do on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, Alex whichever. What do we feel like? You know, oh. um, we are going to do. Hello. I think we're going to go with Alex Len Cup. or Jeremy Lamb. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be a... I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to give away too much, but the Jeremy Lamb podcast is going to be fun. <laughs> don't, I don't want to know either. You, is it going to be a surprise or something? No, we already, we already discussed what we're talking about for oh, the Jeremy yeah. Lamb one. That's, that's, that's right. going to be fun. That's, that's, that's be what fun. we're doing for the Jeremy Lamb one. Um, but yeah, Alex Len, you know, might not be the most exciting thing, but... Um, bear with us because we'll eventually get to the juicy stuff and you're going to want to hear, maybe we'll drop some tidbits in there. Um, next week we will be doing the 2012 NBA draft, which should be fun. Let me take a little, we're getting you, we're we're getting to the Kings like big misses now. Yes. Yes. This is the Kings taking Thomas Robinson at number five. Um, this is the first like big, big, big miss, like a notable, like they pick someone who the next pick was. Damian Lillard, like a Hall of Famer, yeah. So, yeah. so, it's like Kings might end up with Harrison Barnes in this redraft, but don't yeah. don't count me. I don't don't take that for um for fact. But uh, yeah, next week we will be doing 2012. Um, right I'm here. sure there will be some other prospect, maybe it's Shaden Sharp that we'll dive deep on. Maybe it's AJ yeah. Griffin. Maybe, maybe both. Keegan Murray is the clear pick, we, and it's all about Keegan Murray. We, we do need to talk. Uh, we need to reach out to our draft guys too. We need to talk to Bryant. We need yeah. to talk to Bobby. We'll have to set up. Uh, hopefully, we can set up that. We'll have to do it remote, but we'll uh, we'll talk to the draft guys that that can give us some some insider stuff too and what they think about these yep. guys. Yep. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you haven't yet uh, subscribed or uh, followed our podcast, please make sure to do that so you get all of the episodes in your inbox. Uh, or whatever it's called when your your downloads I don't know um, your note turn on your noties yeah turn on your noties um, the noties and smash that thumbs up button 
Yeah. And we're going to try and get this one to 200,000 likes. Yes. Uh, if you get 200,000 likes, I'll do a giveaway for a free Xbox 360. Is this like, what year is this? 2008? Exactly. Okay. Um, for Frankie Gardicelli, I'm Chris Watkins. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, stay on the lookout for more episodes. Bye-bye. Please.